0: Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The Eric Erickson Show Nationwide. The phone number is 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. If you want to be a part of the program, you can always follow me. Uh, I like Instagram best, E.W. Erickson, but it's E.W. Erickson everywhere. Uh, You can also get the podcast uh, if you text the word SHOW to 33777. Uh, You can do that. I'm probably going to have an extra stack of stuff today. Uh, It's a little spillover from the show because there's so much stuff going on, and we had to get to the Stephen Breyer breaking news out of the gate. Uh, I want to stick with what I was going to go with this hour. There's so much stuff I hadn't been able to get to. I'll see if I can cram it in here, Uh, but you can always get the podcast for the extra. For those of you who don't live in Georgia, I'm mindful now, you know, I've got a lot of people who still they reach out from the state legislature and and say, hey, can I get on the show to talk about this, that or the other in the state of Georgia, having been for a decade, uh, just a Georgia show and now suddenly nationwide. I'm very mindful of the fact uh, that I don't want to talk about hyper local stuff in Georgia with you guys nationwide, whether you're in Las Vegas or Arizona or Oklahoma or Ohio, Florida, North Carolina, wherever you're listening. But uh, you do need to know this, and this begins in Georgia and spreads out nationwide. Uh, I have long been a a well-known and documented critic of the Speaker of the House in Georgia. Uh, And he of me, we don't exactly uh, see eye to eye on stuff. I, I think he's been an obstacle to conservative reform, from school choice to Second Amendment rights to uh, religious freedom and liberty in Georgia. He, he is, uh, he constantly, uh, uses democratic votes to block the Republicans, even though he's a Republican. We're just not fans of each other, but I have to give him some praise. He has put forward a piece of legislation for the state legislature to consider with a bipartisan coalition to support reform and expand the funding of mental health in the state of Georgia. David Ralston wants to expand access to mental health uh, providers and to cover costs so people can get help. And that's a good thing. Uh, Just on a a real serious note here, you know, I, I, I try to be as transparent with you guys as possible. I try to be, and uh, I am more and more mindful, particularly as my career rises, that some of what I say can be used against me Uh, when I'm trying to be as relatable with you guys as possible. You almost develop a wall, and you don't want to share as much as as you might otherwise share uh, because you got people out there who might use it and abuse it to harm you, Uh, and also there are people who they can't accept at face value what you say but presume that there must be some ulterior motive for what you're saying. So uh, you can say something. And and there's just increasingly in society, particularly in this postmodern society we live in, there is a willingness to refuse to take people at face value anymore. There's always, everybody's got to have some sort of ulterior motive. So it becomes harder and harder as your rise in stature and career to just be open, transparent, and honest with people. You're always looking behind you. Is someone going to use what you say? Or are people going to twist what you say or or deny what you say? I try to be as open and honest with you guys with, with struggles in my own life. I will tell you uh, that uh, I'm, I'm in a good place mentally. I am. But there have been times of deep despair. For a while there, last year, after Rush Limbaugh died and we were moving my, I was doing mornings nine to noon. And then I was doing all of a sudden noon to three for a while. It was nine to noon. And then it was a manageable four to six. And then it became what I thought at first would be a totally manageable nine to three. And it literally was me doing two radio shows, 9am to 3pm nonstop. And it began to have a mental and physical toll on me. In ways I didn't even think it would. I was very confident I could do it, and, and it, it it pushed me to my limits, and I did it, and I got through it. And had there not been all this other stressful contract negotiations and other stuff around with it, uh, it would be uh, it, it it probably would have been better. But it became because of all the stress that went into trying to consolidate the two shows. it, it became an overwhelming mental situation. I have had dark nights of the soul. I have had moments in my life where I had to just go sit and talk to somebody about it. Um, And luckily, I'm surrounded with a good group of friends uh, who are very grounded themselves and their faith and world. And I can often just talk to friends. Don't need to have a therapist on call or anything like that. I don't. Some people say I should. My wife says I should always have somebody. Um, and, you know, my wife, when dealing with cancer and everything else in her life, has, has, goes every week and just spends an hour with a woman who helps her work through just issues in life that she's struggling with. A lot of people don't have that. And we are unfortunately in a culture that is very therapeutic. I mean, everybody's whole life has to be analyzed down to the level of Freud everybody's life, there's an angle, everybody's got an issue, everybody's got mommy issues and daddy issues and where things came from. Uh, We live in a society where you, you, you no longer can accept that something bad happened and moved on. And unfortunately, we live in a society where overwhelmingly at this point, all of, well, I shouldn't say all of us, but most of us are allowing the trauma in our lives to define us. And we have a, instead of us defining the trauma, and saying it's in the past and we can find closure and move on, whether someone else gives us closure or not, we, we just, we, we got to, we, we, the trauma defines us. And everything in our lives is related to trauma. And I do think of this rise of transgenderism in the country has a lot to do with this This overly therapeutic society where everything's got to be psychoanalyzed. Everything's got to have a psychological issue to it. Everything's got to be related to it. And and then all the social norms come undone and unmoored. and, And whatever your psychic trauma is, that's what defines you. And you need to embrace the trauma. no. Trauma is not really a good thing. What we do with that trauma can be turned into something good, but we should define the trauma, not let the trauma defend us. And so many people, they don't actually have access to counselors, or so they have access to bad counselors who allow the trauma to define them. And there's no more stiff upper lip, as the British would would say in the past. There's no more just sucking it up and moving on. No, no, no. we gotta got to curl up in the fetal position, lay on the couch, be very therapeutic about everything. And we've lost the ability as a society to discern when you're actually struggling and when it's just life sucks and isn't fair. And the problem with that is that along come voices who say it's all a bunch of hooey and and, uh, there is no such thing as clinical depression. And and everybody gets depressed and and it sucks, but man up and, and suicide's nonsensical and nobody should do it. And those people have never experienced what some of you have experienced. We're not supposed to talk about mental health. My frustration, I i, I got to tell you on, on twofold, my frustration with talking about the things that I go through and, and the stuff I've been through and the stuff I've dealt with is it is cathartic for me to talk about it. I write to think. And sometimes I talk just to unburden myself. And you guys listen. And my frustration is everyone then wants to call and reach out and talk to me about it as opposed to I've just, I've got it off my chest. I've dealt with it. I deal with it. I talk about it. I, that puts the period at the end of the sentence and I can move on. And then the well-meaning, and they all, they're all they all very well-meaning is, is hey, let's, let's talk about it. No, i I've I'm done. I've This is my time to talk about it. Other people don't have that outlet. They need someone to talk to. And a lot of people for two years have been so isolated, they haven't been able to do that. I was talking to a friend the other day who is in a situation who deals with a counselor and for two years has had to be on the phone, not in person, and is ready to be in person, and the counselor's not ready yet. Oftentimes, you, you will find in, in a lot of these mental health situations, the counselors are people who themselves probably need their own therapist, But it's good to see Republicans, including the Speaker of the House in Georgia, on a bipartisan basis, be more open and willing to say, people have some real mental issues going on right now. By the way, everybody does. Everybody's got struggles. I actually... One of the reasons I like to talk about my struggles here is not because I like them, not because I want to, but because I think you guys probably do need to understand that you're not alone in this. And in our isolated existence over the last two years, a lot of people feel more alone than they've ever felt before. I worry sometimes about my kids that they spend too much time on social media And it's not just indoctrinating, it becomes relatable uh, to the extent that instead of having relationships with people in the real world, they're relating to people online, and that's not a real relationship. And I think for the last two years of lockdowns and people being scared of getting the virus and having to keep their distance from each other and not having tactile, real connections with people, it has uh, amplified those mental health disorders. And I, I don't think people on the right should be dismissive of depression. I know people who have had real serious depression. I have suffered depression, non-clinical, non-treated. it It's part of life for me and for a lot of people. But I know people who have struggled and grappled and stressed out about it and ultimately had to have help. And I know people who never got the help and killed themselves. And I don't think we should make light of that. And I don't think we should pretend to understand those sorts of things. And I'm afraid that too many people, because we have become such an overly uh, therapeutic society, overly self-therapeutic, overly sensitive to it, overly explaining society, uh, we we have overcompensated from the step upper lip to the point that we can't have a step upper lip anymore. Sometimes, you know, life sucks and you just have to move on. Sometimes life is not fair, sometimes it is bad, sometimes you feel like the world is out to get you when you're when it's really not. And and as a result though, some people are just we've we've got to own it all, we got to embrace it all, we've got to explain it all, we've got to psycho, psychoanalyze it all. Everything's got to have therapy. Uh we can't just move on and say life sucks. We've allowed the trauma to define ourselves as opposed to defining the trauma and moving on from it. But the overcompensation now that we're seeing in in a lot of circles, particularly I think among conservatives who largely we do embrace individuality and the stiff upper lip, a lot of say, ah, this isn't really a thing. Ah, mental health, it's all BS when it's not all BS. And I would encourage Republicans to look at what the Speaker of the House in Georgia is doing, building a bipartisan coalition to have greater access to mental health because I I don't know if you've seen – the homeless camps in urban areas around the country. If you've traveled to places like Washington, D.C. or Dallas, Texas or Atlanta, Georgia or San Francisco, California or Las Vegas, Nevada or Baton Rouge, Louisiana, you see homeless people who clearly do need mental help. And there are a lot of you out there who are going through something and you are ashamed of it or you don't know where to go, you don't know who to talk to, or you're, you're, you're like me, push back on the therapeutic culture so much so that you don't want to be a part of it because you think it's overdone, but you actually probably need to talk to someone. I have had to talk to someone in the past when I was going through very overwhelmingly stressful issues that left me feeling not in control of anything. And some of you are in that situation right now. And you understand that I can't tell you not to be ashamed of it and have you not be ashamed of it, but you shouldn't be ashamed of it. Everybody gets there. We just don't talk about it. So I will talk about it so you know it's not just you. And I will tell you that you should get some help. You should find someone. There are plenty of places you can go online and find referrals to people in your area to sit down and talk to and just have that person provide you a path out of whatever it is you're in because a lot of times it's you don't you, you can't figure out how to get out of the funk that you're in and there is a path and sometimes it takes someone on the outside talking to you about it to get you through it and republicans at a political level should realize after two years of isolation and masks and misery And closed businesses and stressed out employees and stressed out employers and stressed out kids probably need to be thinking the way Georgia Republicans appear to be thinking that, yeah, we need to actually deal with the mental health problems we've got in this country because we have a lot. And if we don't deal with them, they're only going to get worse. There is no need to let your mental health struggles fester and fester they will unless you're willing to deal with them. And if you have people who aren't out there disparaging you for dealing with them, that's a good thing. And Republicans, conservatives, pundits, people in the media who are um, harassing you and saying it's no big deal, suck it up and get over. Sometimes you can't. Sometimes you shouldn't have to. And we should have more people out there willing to talk about it and tell you, go get the help you need. And if the government can help you because you can't afford it right now and the government through its policies have put you in that position of despair, well, then the government should probably be providing a path to mental counselors to help you get out of the situation. Mentally, the government itself puts you in. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-97-ERIC, 877 to the phones we go. Tom, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Hey, how you doing, buddy? Hope you you're in How are you? Fine. What's hey, that? Hey, good. Uh, quick, quick question for you. If uh, Joe Biden were to be dumb enough to nominate Kamala Harris to the Supreme Court with a 50-50 tie in the Senate, would she be able to vote for herself as Supreme Court Justice? Uh, you time. know... Um, On the actual text of the Constitution, it says the vice president shall not vote except in the case of a tie. Uh, And so the odds are some would say yes. However, um, the Constitution says that the vice president cannot preside over the trial of the president of the United States. Uh, And it is implied and, and made clear in the Federalist Papers, it would be a conflict of interest. So I presume... That, uh, there would be a conflict of interest for the vice president, uh, to tie, uh, cast that vote. I, and I would suspect they would make the VP resign, uh, anyway and, and put someone else in place. Now, the odds are it's not going to be Kamala Harris. As much as I can wish cast and think it would be hilarious for her to go through the confirmation process, probably not going to be her. Uh, now the issue is I'm being told at this moment and, and let me, let me set the recorder here so I can get this on video for Philip. Ha <laughs> ha! I am being told by a number of uh, well-placed people that the White House staff has leaked the Breyer retirement, that uh, there were private conversations. He does intend to retire, and it was leaked now uh, to get the ball rolling to ensure he doesn't waffle on the issue. Uh, There's been a concerted left-wing pressure campaign on Breyer to get him off the court They want him out as soon as possible. And also, pretty good indication of the White House sources that they know the Democrats are about to lose the Senate. So Breyer has to go ASAP. Otherwise, Mitch McConnell probably will not hold a confirmation hearing if he becomes the majority leader again. So you got White House staffers and the left conspiring to oust Justice Breyer. So having done all of this work today on talking about Breyer retiring, it'd be really funny if he came out now and said, nope. Not doing it anymore. I think I'm going to stand pat and punish you people for trying to do this. That would be hilarious, I think. But the odds are, look, it's um, the NBC News. Their uh, Supreme Court reporter who actually leaked it uh, or who actually reported it. He is highly respected, a highly, highly respected uh, reporter for the Supreme Court for NBC News. Uh, and so it's probably legit. Well, there is more breaking news out there just happened. My goodness, new polling released and it's a poll that I know the majority of my listeners have been wondering about. The University of Georgia and Quinnipiac have polled Georgia. Uh, Georgia is where Donald Trump is trying to make his most influential stand of vengeance for 2020. He is pushing for the ouster of the incumbent governor in Georgia, Brian Kemp. Things are not going well for Donald Trump on that front. Uh, The new Quinnipiac poll has Brian Kemp leading David Perdue 43 to 36. Vernon Jones receives 10% of the support. Candace Taylor, 4%. Catherine Davis, 1%. 5% remain undecided. Um, that's actually pretty good for Kemp, except for the fact that you do have, uh, these non-Kemp candidates polling like they are, uh, you, you got more non-Kemp vote than Kemp vote. That being said, yeah, factor in undecideds breaking for Kemp, uh, undecideds in a primary tend to go with the current guy undecideds in the general tend to go with the non-current guy. Uh, that puts Kemp up to 48%. Uh, you factor in some of these these other candidates there. He, Kemp's doing better. Kemp's doing well. But the big, big one is what about the U.S. Senate race in Georgia? You got the former NFL player Heisman Trophy winner Herschel Walker running. Donald Trump's handpicked candidate to come on back to Georgia from Texas and run 81% of the primary. Now, some of you aren't going to want to hear this. But it's over. It's only January. You're months away from the Republican primary in Georgia, but I'm, I'm sorry. It's over. Now, why do I say that? Well, Herschel Walker has raised more money than any other candidate in the last quarter. Millions of dollars. He's got way more money than any of these other people. He's got the name ID, and it's almost all positive. He's won. He's won. Interestingly enough, half of likely Republican primary voters say it doesn't matter whether Trump endorsed someone or not. Forty-four percent say they're more likely to vote for that candidate. Herschel Walker's won the primary. Whether you want to admit it or not, Herschel Walker's won. Uh, I'm I've been in campaigns enough to know that yes, you can say well, you know, you mount a good def- you mount a good good attack, you can pick him off, but he's at eighty some odd percent. He's got more money than the rest of you. You're not going to pick him off. Now, the question is, the question is, what about the general election against Stacey Abrams? Quinnipiac and the University of Georgia have polled this as well. Who can stop Stacey Abrams? There is only one candidate in the Quinnipiac University of Georgia poll who beats Stacey Abrams. Brian Kemp. David Perdue at best would tie Stacey Abrams 48 to 48. Brian Kemp would beat her uh, by two points. He lost to her, or she lost to him by 1.4 points in the general last time. 49 to 47 this time, which interestingly enough is about where the polling had him in the general election in 2018. So odds are he would win, particularly in a wave. Uh, Brian Kemp in the Quinnipiac University Georgia poll is the only Republican candidate who bests Stacey Abrams. Now, of course, that is to be expected because Brian Kemp beat her last time. Uh, David Perdue couldn't beat John Ossoff. He's running a deeply divisive campaign, tearing up the Georgia Republican Party in the name of unity, supposedly. And uh, he can't beat Stacey Abrams in the general. The question is, I mean, I guess he can run a very negative campaign against Brian Kemp for the next few months, but I don't think that really helps for him. And Brian Kemp has the general general session right now uh, of the legislature meeting to pass constitutional carry. And there may be a bill on school choice that may get some Democratic backing in the legislature. Uh, from some of the uh, non-white Democrats who are mad as hell at what schools are doing to their kids right now. Kemp could get behind school choice in Georgia, take that issue as well, and really push himself into the general election against Stacey Abrams. And by the way, she's deeply opposed to school choice. Having a bipartisan coalition pass school choice in Georgia could be huge. Now, what about the general election for the United States Senate? Because I'm on record saying I've got some concerns With the negative attacks, they'll run on Herschel Walker. Now, I got to tell you this. I do have those concerns based on his own history, his background, coming back to Georgia, the mental health issues, all those things. You know, the Democrats are going to be ruthless. Walker, of course, could pivot those issues and neutralize them by saying they're attacking me for uh, me being public about my mental health. More and more people need to be open about their mental health. I have struggled with mental health, but I struggled, and I made my struggle public so other people could get the help that I got, and I'm fine. And we shouldn't stigmatize people who've had mental health issues and gotten the help they need to resolve those issues. That would be winning, I think. That, that would totally neutralize. It would be damning for a preacher like Raphael Warnock to attack Herschel Walker on mental health and have Herschel Walker say, hey, I got the help I needed. And now you're going to make it trouble for other people to get that help by stigmatizing people who need help. I got the help. I want other people to get help. And I'm running a campaign. And when I get to Congress, mental health is going to be my big issue because there are lots of people out there suffering and they don't need to be stigmatized or demonized by preachers like Raphael Warnock. He could do that if that happened. But what about the issue? Well, well. In the Quinnipiac University of Georgia poll, Walker 49, Warnock 48. In fact, Warnock only has a 44% favorable rating. Interestingly enough, Walker has a 42% favorable rating. 30% haven't had enough. If I were the Walker campaign in Georgia and I looked At the Quinnipiac poll in Georgia, and saw that 30% of people have not heard enough to know whether they have a favorable image of me or not, I would be hitting the airwaves yesterday and defining myself. 44 favorable, 42 unfavorable for Warnock. 42 favorable, 27 unfavorable for Walker. 30% don't know enough. You don't want the Warnock campaign to get out there and define you before you define yourself. You need to get out there and define yourself. and You need to define yourself positively. Uh, you need to have some really good ads. Don't go with the whole, the Democrats are bringing socialism to Georgia. Stop the Democrats now before they turn us all communists. No, get out there and define yourself positively. You're from Georgia, you're for Georgia, you're a success story from Georgia. You've battled mental health, you've conquered that. You're going to go to Washington and help other people uh, do a very positive campaign, and you can win without ever setting foot on a debate stage against Raphael Warnock, who now has a record, who now has a record. Uh, John Ossoff, 42 approve, 41 disapproved, 17 don't know. Brad Raffensperger, 36 approved, 38% disapproved, 26% don't know. Joe Biden has a 36% approval, 59% disapproval rating. Wow, uh, that that's that's striking. Um, 36% of Georgians approve of Joe Biden, 59% disapprove of Joe Biden. But then there's a problem with Brian Kemp: 49% disapproval, 42% approval. He's gonna have to. He's gonna have to work on that. Kemp needs to bolster himself in the state of Georgia. He really does. Uh, that being said, this is gonna be a banner year for the GOP in Georgia. When you look at Biden's negative rating in Georgia, that's striking. Uh, Joe Biden's negative rating in Georgia is worse than his national average in Quinnipiac. Now there will be there there will be another one. Um and there there will be more negative ratings coming out. There will be more polling coming out, but yeah, I don't think at this point we can say Quinnipiac's is an, an outlier. What it does show, though, is that it, Brian Kemp is in a very strong position. Should he get through the primary to beat Stacey Abrams, uh, and we're talking voters overall, not just Republican voters. Voters overall favor Kemp to Abrams, but they're split Abrams to Purdue. There's no rational reason for David Purdue to come in and do this race. Uh, against Brian Kemp except to placate Donald Trump. In fact, if anything, uh, David Perdue entering the race, this polling shows, is making it far more likely that Abrams has a, has a leg up in the race, and the poll shows that uh, Brian Kemp is the only one in the state who can beat Abrams. Perdue himself can't. I'm sure there will be some some campaign PR trotted out polls showing otherwise by the purdue campaign it's what they've been doing but pr polls from campaigns internal leaked polling isn't good stuff it's designed to generate news stories this is an actual outside poller looking in notice the KIP campaign hasn't leaked any of their internal polling that actually kind of and, and i know the purdue people and others say well that just means it's really bad no actually an incumbent governor not leaking his internal polling when the outside polling shows he's ahead means his polling's pretty damn good when your entire campaign is based on leaking internal polling to generate positive news stories, you need a better reason to run. And 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 for Purdue to be out there saying, I'm going to unite the party, we're divided, you're the one dividing the party. There's no rational reason for him to do this. All of that being said, look at this as a national picture. I know those of you not in Georgia, you don't care about this issue, except you should because we're talking control of the Senate here. There have been massive concerns about Herschel Walker as a recruit for the GOP because of his baggage. And he will win the state of Georgia if things hold up without ever getting on a debate stage against Raphael Warnock. He is going to win the Republican primary. Uh, those of you who are running and listen, I've got friends who are running and spare me your phone calls, spare me your hot takes. We know the reality with the outside polling. Walker is going to dominate the Republican Party. Walker is going to crush him. I will tell you, if you want to do Herschel Walker a favor, and I mean this, and and I do mean this lovingly, don't, don't, don't attack. You should get out all the dirty laundry and savage Walker right now. Drop it all. Do all the oppo research right now. Get it all out. You'll be doing Herschel Walker a favor. You're not going to stop him from being the nominee, but what you'll get him is the ability to say, this is old news. I dealt with it in the primary. Neutralize it all now get him up to speed, show him what's coming, make him realize these attacks are coming, make him prepare for these attacks before the primary, before registration, before it all happens. Get them all out there now so then when he does become the nominee, which he's going to be, he can say it's all old news and he dealt with it in the primary and stop all the deep dive attacks. It's worth it. But here's the other big headline for all of you nationally. If Herschel Walker, if the Quinnipiac poll is right, And Herschel Walker wins. The Republicans take the Senate. Look at Arizona. Mark Kelly is losing to a generic Republican. You take Arizona and you take Georgia. You got a 52-48 Senate. And Mitch McConnell becomes the majority leader again and stops the Biden judges. That is why the White House, all of this polling that's out there, all of this data This is why the White House is rushing as fast as they can to get out the Breyer News. They need him out now. They need him out while Chuck Schumer is still the majority leader so that they can try to confirm a progressive. That's what they need, and they need Chuck Schumer's leader, and they know he's not going to be leader for much longer. One of the reasons Chuck Schumer is not going to be leader much longer is because of Patriot Mobile. It's another reason you should do business with Patriot Mobile. They take a portion of their profits and commit it to the conservative movement. They fund the pro-life cause. They fund the Second Amendment cause. They fund the conservative movement, the movement that's going to oust Chuck Schumer and get Republicans elected. Patriot Mobile is a conservative company explicitly designed in a way to share their profits with the conservative movement, the outside groups, the funders of, of the causes that you care about. They take their profits that are generated by you being a customer. And you can be a customer and get free activation with them by using my name. You go to patriotmobile.com Eric, patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. Or you can call them. They have 100% U.S.-based customer service. So you call 972-PATRIOT, 972-PATRIOT. You'll speak with someone in the United States. You tell America Eric Erickson sent you. You get free activation. Not only that, they'll give you a discount. If you're an NRA member, discount. Teacher, discount. Veteran, discount. First responder, discount. Large family and you need a lot of lines for all your kids who need cell phones, discounts. It's a great company. Good people. They care about the causes you care about. They want you as their customer so they can magnify the movement of the conservatives uh, with your money that you help them generate profits with 972 Patriot or PatriotMobile.com slash Eric. This hour of the program brought to you by first Liberty building and loan first Liberty ga.com is their website. Wherever you are nationwide first Liberty can help your small business become a big business where so many banks are saying no to things first Liberty can help you. Uh, it's looking like the fed may raise interest rates in March. The markets are actually reacting Positively to that news. Uh so you probably um if you need help right now with your business before rates go up, you want to reach out firstlibertyga.com. Shannon Bream uh is saying multiple sources at the Supreme Court tell her Justice Breyer was not planning to announce his retirement today. They say he is very upset at how this has played out, and his office is not making announcement. Would it not be hilarious? Here at the end of the program, I guess we're doing the great reset here. I started my day with the breaking news of Justice Breyer retiring from the Supreme Court. And here, three hours later, comes word from the Supreme Court that he's livid that this got out. He was not planning on announcing his retirement today. It did uh, make people scratch their heads. Why are you announcing so soon? The Supreme Court term's not over till June. It appears it's legit. He intends to retire, but he just didn't want it out now. And a lot of people are pointing their finger at White House staffers saying White House staffers are the ones who leaked it out. Would it not be hilarious if them doing so made him walk it back and say, nope, not going to retire after all. Screw you people. That would be hilarious to me. It really would. Um, And then suddenly you're going to deal with Mitch McConnell as Senate Majority Leader. Now, I mean, the odds are Breyer still retires. He wants Biden to be able to pick someone. He wants the Democrats to be able to confirm someone. He likes uh, uh, Katanja Jackson uh, at the D.C. Circuit. She would be the most likely pick. She was a law clerk of his. So it makes sense that he retires. But, man, the eagerness of the left, they've bullied him for a year to retire. Uh, It would be the ultimate payback if he said, nope, not going to go anywhere after all. It would be really actually pretty funny it does appear that they overplayed their hand in leaking his announcement uh, before he was ready for it to be leaked. The odds are he still goes for it and retires. Now I, I, I got to tell you guys, and I really hope you will. Uh, Cause I want to, there's a story. There are a number of stories out on Kamala Harris. She wants a new rollout. And then the, the Bitcoin stuff is nuts. Uh, Bitcoin is nuts, but before I, I, I get any of that, just subscribe to the podcast. Text the word show to three three seven seven seven. Cause I gotta sit here and do a bit of a um, extra stack of stuff because I just I we I got so much stuff the Briar News threw it all off and I had not been able to get to it. So I will get to some of this stuff in, in the podcast. Text show to three three seven seven seven. Subscribe via whichever app you want. Leave a favorable review, that actually does help me. But right now, Spotify has taken Meghan Markle and Prince Harry's podcast into its own hands because they signed, the couple did an 18 million pound deal, millions of dollars, and they've produced exactly zero content for a year. So now they're going to bring in in in-house producers to finally deliver the content. Y'all, this is, uh, when people say the rich can get away with stuff, the the rest of us can't, this is it. Uh, Because of who they are, they were given 18 million pounds Uh, Let's see what that is. 18 million pounds to dollars. That works out to be in $24 million. And they got it because of who they are and they've done no work for it. You and I could never get away with this. You and I could not get multi-million dollar deals and do no work. But because they're royal and an actress, they can. And this is the stuff that makes people furious with people like that and deservedly so. They would never have gotten this, but for their stature and status and seeing celebrities do this stuff just is a reminder of how damning celebrity culture is where all you got to do is be a pretty face and do no work. It's 2022, and guess what? Nothing still makes sense. The whole world seems to be going crazy right now, and banks have gotten really skittish at helping small businesses. They're perfectly happy to help the giant businesses. But what about you? You're a small business. you got to buy a building or build a building, or you need a big loan for a fleet of vehicles to grow your business, and the banks are giving you a hard time. Check out my friends at First Liberty Building and Loan. They can help you nationwide, wherever you are. If you're a small business and you need access to loans, let's say 500000 and up, First Liberty can do it. They've been doing this since the early 90s. The Frost family are friends of mine. They're committed Christians and they're great business people and they are committed to small businesses. Reach out to them. FirstLibertyGA.com is their website. FirstLibertyGA.com. Spend 10 minutes with them. See if they're a good fit for you. See if you're a good fit for them. They want to help you get to yes, where the big banks are saying no. Nationwide, they can help you if you're a small business. FirstLibertyGA.com is the website. FirstLibertyGA.com.